With the news media reporting increasingly more data breaches and cybersecurity events, and the use of personal data in ways that invade people's privacy, you need to know how to keep your business's data, not to mention your own personal data, safe from hacks and your business operating in the most secure environment. Otherwise, this can not only hurt your business reputation, it can cost you clients. Welcome to Data Security and Privacy with the Privacy Professor. We're here to help you prevent potential damages and losses before the hackers even have your number. Now, here is the Privacy Professor and your host, Rebecca Harold. Hello and welcome to Data Security and Privacy with the Privacy Professor. I'm Rebecca Harold, your host. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to the 114th episode of my show. Please subscribe to my show on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, or whatever your favorite podcast or news app is. Also, please subscribe to my show on the Voice America Business Channel website. So then you will be notified just as soon as each new show is available. Thank you to all my listeners everywhere in the world. I sincerely appreciate you in all of the now 80-plus countries where you are located. I love that. Thank you for sending all your messages. Please keep them coming. My August Privacy Professor Tips message was published at the end of July. Sign up for them by going to privacyguidance.com or privacysecuritybrainiacs.com and submitting your email in the box on your screen. They're free, as they have always been since 2005. So, our topic today. It is something that is impacting everyone throughout the world, of all ages, really. All ages of everyone online, especially. I've personally received on Facebook since the beginning of this year 42 friend requests from what appear to be men, usually quite attractive men, from all over the world. And interestingly enough, they are mostly doctors, lawyers, business owners, military leaders, many generals, and an admiral even. And I've even gotten a couple of sports stars. Well, they all claim to be. Anyway, they all share a common trait. When I look at their profiles, they have only a handful, usually two or three posts. And their profiles were recently created in almost every case. I always take their photos and I do a Google image search. I found that all 42 of these men have different names on other sites using the same images. Interesting, right? Why is this? Well, they are more than likely romance scammers targeting me. And I am not special or unique. Romance scammers target many people. I mean, they'll target any people. Anyone can be a target. And these crooks 
trick many of those they target. In doing a little research before uh, our show today, I found that in 2022, around 70,000 people in the U.S. alone reported a romance scam to the Federal Trade Commission here in the U.S., and they had a collective loss of $1.3 billion, $1.3 billion with a B dollars. I mean, that's pretty mind-blowing. I have two guests today to discuss this growing type of scam. I'm thrilled to once more have as my guest today, Kathy Waters, co-founder and executive director of Advocating Against Romance Scammers. Kathy has logged over 4,000 volunteer hours helping those whose identities have been stolen through romance scams, as well as the women and men who have fallen victim to the scammers. Kathy was also my guest on this show at the very beginning of this year, so check out that show as well. I'm also happy to have April Helm on the show. April is a radio news anchor and reporter at 102.3 KRMG News and Talk Station in Tulsa, Oklahoma. April's mother was the victim of a romance scam, and April's going to tell us about that horrible experience. See much more about Kathy and April in their bios on my data security and privacy show page on the Voice America website. Kathy, April, thank you so much for being my guest today. Welcome to my show. Hi, Rebecca. Thank Thank you for sharing the message. Well, I'm so happy to talk with you about this. I'm so alarmed when I see stats like I just, you know, Referenced, I know you have many, many more stats. Kathy, I'm wondering how many total romance scams of all types, and I know there's a lot of different tactics through dating sites, social media, texting, and, and so many other ways. Do you know how many there have been in the past year and how that compares to previous years? Um, so... Yeah, there's uh, actually there's been a huge increase. Um, we're not just looking at romance scams anymore. We're looking at uh, pig butchering scams as well. And that's where it's romance scams and investment scams together. And unfortunately, um, last year alone in the United States, we lost over three billion dollars just in the pig butchering and the romance scams together. So um, it's been Thousands of reporters um, have reported to the IC3, including the FTC. And uh, of course, we highly recommend that, you know, when the numbers go up, um, more heads turn. And so and I I believe I truly believe that's what's going on now. We're seeing um, a lot more law enforcement wanting to get involved, um, trying to understand how people can get their money back, especially now that scammers are going through the, the crypto and um, so it's it's such a great thing to see, and um, and we're ready to move forward. Um, we have a special day coming up, so we're really looking forward to move forward with, with the uh, with the day coming up. Great. Well, we'll we'll get to that here in a little bit. But I did want to mention to the listeners 
pig butchering scams. Yeah, that is horrible too, and it's lucrative. Just a note: I did write about pig butchering scams in my December 2022 issue of the Privacy Professor Tips publications. So, listeners, you can look there for additional information. Kathy, my listeners, some of them you mentioned IC3. So a lot of my listeners, I have a lot who are professionals. I have a lot in the general public, but I also have a lot from high school and colleges. Can you let us know what IC3 means? Some of them may not have heard that term before. Sure. It's the um, the Internet Crimes Complaint Center, and um, this is the hub where you would report your crime, any type of cyber crime. And um, it goes, they work directly with the FBI. They are the FBI. It's actually like their cybersecurity um, network over there. So um, you would, you'd go online, you'd go to the website, ic3.gov. You have the ability to report the crime there. You would put in all of the information and it goes directly to IC3. IC3 will pull the information. They have the ability to match it with similar information that has come in from other victims. Uh, sometimes uh, one, one report isn't big enough to open a case, but if they can get several reports that all tie together, then um, there's, there's absolutely reason to um, move forward with the case and, and hopefully try and apprehend these guys. Most of them are in another country, which, um, which is why we need the, the uh, FBI involved. So it makes it really important to uh, report these, as you indicated. And I do want to get to your special event coming up, but I thought before we get to your event, um, you know, you talked about the the pig butchering and you talked about uh, some of the other more, I, I, it's sad to say, traditional types of romance scams. But what is the romance scam that traditionally or that you see as getting the largest amount? Would that be, be the pig butchering types of uh, scams or is it? Yeah. Okay. So, so those can Yeah, be- right now it is. Yeah, so that's that's the newest thing, and it has to do with crypto. And and like I said, yeah, the, the investment and romance, they start off with building a relationship with somebody and um, g- gaining that trust. And these are these seem to be a little bit longer to gain the trust, the relationship, um, opposed to the other romance scams where you would typically um, see that the scams were coming from out of Nigeria, Ghana, uh, Turkey. These scams are coming from Southeast Asia. So, um, and they work a little bit differently. Like I said, they gain the trust. And the reason why it takes a little longer to gain the trust is because they uh, they will ask for a significant amount of money. And we're talking thousands and thousands of dollars at one time. Um, sometimes they will, um, as soon as they get the transaction, you'll never hear from them again. And I'm sure some that feel that there's more money out there to be made, um, they will keep the relationship going. But for the most part, yes, that's uh, the pig butchering is the one that's um, claiming the most of the money out of the United States right now. And then you mentioned the the smaller ones. Those probably ask mm-hmm. for some quick hits of like, what, $100 here and $50 mm-hmm. there, just smaller. So they take the money and run and, and find as many. Uh, yeah, well, they... Um, 
they almost uh, kind of milk the victim, you know, with starting ah. off small. Let's see what this victim will do. Will they will they get me a gift card? If not, how oh. else can we oh. use them? We can steal their identity. We can ask for their personal information. Send me pictures so then they can use their pictures and scams. They um, they make people victims in many different ways. But money wise, with the traditional romance scams online, um, yeah, they start off usually small see how you know and then just build it up and build it up through the relationship and keep asking for more and more money you know asking these victims to go to banks get loans um, ask for their family for money you know down to the point where they're selling their own house yikes yikes that's a, yeah. <laughs> that's really sad that's really sad and i and i've known uh, a, an elderly gentleman who lost his wife uh, here in iowa uh, and he was a victim of that. His children just couldn't convince him that it was a scam. But, you know, April, I know you have a family member that uh, fell victim to one of these scammers, right? Can you maybe walk us through what happened there? It sounds like it was just horrible. Yeah. Uh, it started in 2017, and mom was in the middle of fighting ovarian cancer. She was very lonely, so she got online and met a man online. She sent me a photo, and I immediately knew he was a scammer. I told her to be careful. She promised me she would. Turns out, about a year later, she sent me a text and said, I gave up $200,000 to the scammer. I need you to come get me. So she finally admitted that it was a scam. The problem was, after she admitted it was a scam, she wouldn't stop. She became addicted to his attention and went on to start talking with other scammers. So she ended up giving away about $350,000, oh. and then she died in the middle of the night one night because the scammers keep you up to keep you delirious. She either got up to go to the bathroom or rolled out of bed, and her head got stuck between the bed and the nightstand, and she died when she was on the way to see me. So that's oh. how I dealt with the death of my mother. On top of the pandemic, her cancer, and the scam all rolled into one. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that, April. That, that Thank I, you. I can't even imagine. That must have been so, so horrible. And how, I mean, it, it's just so unimaginable that there's folks out there like that crook who did this to your poor mother and, it, I mean, were you able to find out who this crook was and get any of, you know, of your mother's money back? Or what, I, was, what was, I do know he was out of Turkey. I spoke to him on the phone once. And oh, I could no. tell he was a teenager. Oh, a teenager. Yeah, so he was a teenager. The problem is you can't get the money back because this crosses lines of different jurisdictions for different countries. And so it's got to be a really large amount for the FBI to be able to go after and get the money back. And even when they do go after these crooks and bring them back here, you're not you're you're just not getting the money back. It's not happening. It's gone. When you spoke so, with but him, she kept that, thinking, that's, go ahead. Oh, she kept thinking that she could get her money back. That was her excuse for talking to him still. Oh. But if she didn't have the the mind to not give her money away in the first place, then she didn't have the mind to scam him back. 
Interesting. So she gave him the money, and somehow he was able to convince her that he was going to pay her back? No, she thought she could convince him. She thought she could trick him into paying her Uh, back. Because they do give, they put money in my mother's account. They do this a lot to gain victims' trust, to make them think that they have a lot of money. But they're actually just laundering money through bank systems to try and make it not trackable. They get the money back. They'll put some money in there. Mm Mm-hmm. So you spoke with the scammer directly. Did your mother speak with him on the phone too, or was it just through like online um, texting and, and Skype and things like that? She said that she video chatted with him. She wouldn't oh. let me be in the room with her when she did that. But I think what happened is he took a video. The man whose images and video he was using was a public speaker out of California. And so he had tons of videos online. So he would take those videos and do like a voiceover and a poor quality video version. And then if the lips didn't match the words, he would just tell mom it was a bad connection. And, you know, she was older. She was 70-something. They don't know the technology like the younger Mm -hmm. people do. They think that if they see something, that that's real. So that's why artificial intelligence is so frightening to me. It's going to be horrible for romance fans. Oh, it it is so horrible for that. And that's an area I've done a little research in. I, you know, just showing how easily it is to use people's voices uh, to fool people. And even some of my business friends almost got fooled by those types of scams. But you know, it, it was a little bit different. They weren't romance scams. So I'm curious, April, when you spoke with him, so you found out he was a 17-year-old. I mean, was he trying to then scam you as well? After she died, I got her phone and went through and found out that she was talking to multiple scammers. But the same phone number that she used for her scammer, his name was Gerald out of Turkey, He got my number and tried to scam me by saying that he had uh, a video of me having sexual intercourse and he was going to release it. And I knew there was no such video. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty popular one. I was like, do it. (laughs) So, but then I just blocked him and moved on. That's the best thing to do is just block him and move on. That's what mom should have done, but I couldn't convince her to do that. Yes. And now that you mentioned that particular type of, you know, trying to uh, get you to pay or they'll do something horrible to you. You know, I've gotten that same message as well. And there's a there's variety of way they are, but, but they can be frightening if somebody has done something, you know, with videos. That's not really, well, it could be part of a romance scam, I guess, if the, the person in the romance scam actually provided some of those types of well, videos. That happens a lot. They do that on oh. purpose. The scammer, I'm, the scammer will ask the victim for videos and pictures of them in lingerie. So when the victim starts to pull away and figures out what's going on, they can always say, well, you can't because I'll release this photo or this video if you stop sending me money. So that's also another tactic. Mm. Oh, my. So there's, there's multiple types of social engineering tactics going on within even one huge romance scam type of situation, it sounds like. 
That's right. And I never saw any, I went through my mom's phone after she died. I didn't see that she'd sent him any pictures, but there were several bags of lingerie. She'd been out shopping. So I think that she was planning on it. She just hadn't, she just died before she could get there. Oh, and how sad. I mean, I can only imagine how that made you feel too. I mean, it must, you must've felt so helpless too, when you're trying to help your mother, who's already going through such a horrible time, and let her know that this person um, is is a crook that's just trying yeah. to. So they really did. I figured pray I could upon... use my journalism. Yeah, I figured I could use my journalistic skills and prove it to her because I have access yes. to things that other people don't. So I go to this system. I put his name in the system, and the system will pull up every address, every phone number, every neighbor you've ever had your entire life. So I put Mm -hmm. his name in there, and it pulls up zero records found, which means he doesn't exist. So I go to mom and say, Mom, look, I pulled up his record, and there's nothing. And she goes, well, then, he's not a serial killer like you thought he might be. And I was like, Mom, no, he is not real. But nothing Mm -hmm. would get through to her. Nothing. You know, it it's so powerful this um, this type of romance scam because of like what you're talking about. If if people are lonely, if they they want to feel like someone you know loves them. I mean, I know that um, Kathy, you've talked about love languages on your website as a big thing that these scammers use. So when you're talking about love languages, I mean, is that what they're using these different tactics? What are love languages, you know, and, and how are scammers using them? Um, so I don't know if they, I, they, they definitely understand the manipulation part of it. I don't know if they understand that people have different love languages and it has appeared over time. I read the book, um, it's called The Five Love Languages. And uh, after reading it, um, and I was already doing this work, I was like, wow, this sounds like why a lot of um, our victims have become victims. And um, it appears that many of the people who become the victims, their love languages is words of affirmation. And which makes complete sense since you're talking to this person online it's all words. That's all you hear. You know, they, um, some of them will send gifts. Um, and if they do that, they're usually using another credit card from another victim. Um, but for the most part, it is, it's, it's a language. They send poems. Um, you know, they, they ask how they are, they call them, you know, dear, sweetie, um, those kind of things. And, if that's your love language, you you hook on to that. So um, it just kind of all started to make complete sense. And um, it's just whatever, whatever grabs at their heart. So there's um, other things that, you know, you can, you give gifts, um, you can do things for them. And so they'll use anything they can, and they'll figure that out. Now, maybe they have learned about the love languages, um, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, these guys are, are professionals. So they know exactly what to say, how to say, when to say it. Uh, so it would not surprise me if they have actually looked that book up and have read all about how the best way to get to people's hearts. Yeah, my and mom's it- love language was the words of affirmation. And he knew more about her cancer treatments than I do. 
Every time oh. he, she got back from a doctor, he'd call her, honey, how'd it go with the doctor? What'd the doctor say? What's the next treatment? How are you feeling? Have you had any rest? So, yeah, Kathy's definitely onto something there. So, oh my. So your mother, I mean, she must have been communicating with him nonstop then throughout the day. Constant. Mm-hmm. And at night, he would talk to him a lot at night, and that's, that's on purpose, so you're tired and you're not thinking clearly. Right. So that's the grooming of, of the victim to gain trust and, uh, you know, to, to make them truly believe that they really care and that they're this person in a photo and not actually a 17-year-old located on the other side of the world. Yes. And I've talked to people, these aren't just single, lonely people who mm-hmm. are falling victims to romance scams. These are married women, often, who've been married for a long time. Maybe it's a little loveless, so they're lonely, but they're still married. They fall victim, too. I've got one family member I speak to. Her mom is now living in a tent because she gave up her home. She was married, gave up her home, her retirement, her car, her Social Security, everything, and the scam is still ongoing. She will not stop communicating with her scammer. Oh, my. Well, woman. I want to continue this. We're It's time for a break right now to hear from our sponsors. But, April, I want to hear a little bit more about that. And then maybe, Kathy, you could talk about some of how the married folks fall for this as well. But today mm-hmm. I'm discussing romance scammers with two experts for these types of crimes, Kathy Waters and April Helm. I'm your host, Rebecca Harold, the Privacy Professor. Contact me with questions and comments about this show, as well as show topic suggestions using my email, RebeccaHerald at RebeccaHerald.com, and also through my PrivacySecurityBrainiacs.com website. Please stay with us. We will be right back after these important messages from my sponsors. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. The Privacy Professor is your trusted source for effective information security, privacy and compliance advice, compliance tools, education, consulting, expert witness services, research, report writing, and board positions. Visit us online at privacyguidance.com. Rebecca also provides keynote speeches and her free Privacy Professor monthly tips messages she has published since 2007. Visit privacyguidance.com for help and answers to your questions. Tune in for And Security for All, hosted by Kim Hakem. Each week, we look into a different aspect of cybersecurity, which is important to know for anyone who is involved with the Internet daily, which is probably all of us. We take the technical jargon and make it easier to understand while helping you to identify weaknesses and issues in your own cybersecurity and fix them now and security for all is broadcast live every friday at 3 p.m eastern time noon pacific time on the voice america business channel when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network you 
You are listening to Data Security and Privacy with the Privacy Professor. If you have a question or comment about the program, feel free to send an email to Rebecca Harold at RebeccaHerald.com. That's Rebecca Harold at RebeccaHerald.com. Now, back to Data Security and Privacy with the Privacy Professor. Welcome back to Data Security and Privacy with the Privacy Professor on Voice America's Business Channel. I'm your host, Rebecca Harold. Today, I'm talking about and discussing romance scammers with two experts with these types of crimes, Kathy Waters and April Helm. And before we went to the break, we were talking about how um, there's a lot of folks who are even married who are falling for this and have lost everything. So, you know, I think, uh, was it you, Kathy, or April, who were t- was talking about the woman who gave up her marriage and was living in a tent? Yes, and she's not speaking to her uh, daughter anymore, the victim that I speak to, because what, what's left to do after that point? And so this is an elderly woman. So about 80% mm. of the people I've interviewed are elderly people with dementia. Dementia puts you at high risk for scams. And I've, Kathy actually got me in touch with a really wonderful counselor in Colorado who's actually studying this and talked to her about what are the risks, are the red flags, are the things that you can do beforehand before your parent becomes involved in a scam. And it's really just you got to lock down their account and have access to all their information and control over their account is the only thing that you can do so far. Yes. I mean, that's so important to stay in touch and you need to stay in touch as well. I mean, as I've mentioned to on other shows, I lost my own mother from early onset Alzheimer's a long time ago, back in 1996. So that was before a lot of, you know, there was any online type of activities, but still, um, you know, when you have a loved one suffering from that horrible, horrible disease, you need to have constant contact with them anyway and look out for them. And even more so today, like you're you're talking about, you know, stay in touch. And, and really, if you can stay in touch more than the scammers stay in touch, that would be ideal, right? Right. You know, I've always thought about what if I would have gone back and scammed my mom just to get the money to give it back to her, would that have worked? <laughs> you know, I oh. like I would, but it takes a lot of time. I mean, they spend all day and all night romancing yes. these people. But I thought, but would you, that have been an answer? I don't know. But that, that was such a large amount. And if you don't mind repeating it, I think for our listeners, I mean, your mother lost, what was it, $350,000 or more? Yep, she lost her, she lost her home. She lost her car. Oh. She wanted to come live with me because she didn't have anywhere to go. I was recently married, and I said, you can come live with me, but there's just one condition. You mm-hmm. cannot talk to your scammer under my roof. And she refused. So she had to find somewhere else to sleep on an, another relative's couch somewhere that was uncomfortable. It did not end up well. So when the morning she died, she had talked me into coming to get her from that relative's house because she wow. should have been at my house all along. But that was more important to her. Talking to the scammer was more important than living in it. You know, I've got a nice, beautiful home. She would have had her own little spot in the house. We could have talked about life before she died, you know, yes. zip some things up. But that, 
that was the most important thing to her was talking to her scammer at that point. Well, again, that's just such a horrible situation. And I know that there's an event coming up that's highlighting this. And I believe the two of you are uh, two that are putting it on, right? Uh, Maybe you can mention, um, Kathy, the name of your uh, day that you have coming up. I'll let you say it so Mm -hmm. uh, you get it right and I don't uh, get it incorrect and maybe where folks can go to get more information about what you're doing for that event. Sure, yeah, so it's, uh, we, we filed, we thought it would be great to have a day that just focused on the romance scams. And um, the more education out there and awareness, the better. Uh, we feel that if people have just even a little bit of education and they get a friend request or a message and they notice a red flag right away, they're going to not talk to that person or they're going to start questioning it right away. And so the more education out there, the better. So we decided to have the day and it's called World Romance Scam Prevention Day. And um, our website is protectingheartsday.com. So you can find who's going to be a part of that day. We've got um, a list of endorsers on there, uh, the people who are going to be sponsoring the day, um, which we are still in the talks with a couple other big organizations so hopefully that'll be wrapped up here soon and um, we hope to get banks involved law enforcement involved um, every entity that has to do with romance scams down to even these gift card companies you know it's you know that it's giving them a bad name so why wouldn't they want to endorse a day like this so um, the word is getting out there um, and it's it's global so we've got support from um, the UK and we have support from um, Nor- the Norwegians and it's just it's it's been fantastic to to see people actually wanting to finally come together on one subject that has um, taken lives from you know suicide people not uh, feeling like they can get out of this scam it's such a dark hole um, to people who are affected years later because of the manipulation. Um, they can no longer trust anybody in their lives, and that's including their own family. So um, we really hope that a lot of people get involved and and push the education out there. And that day is October 3rd. October 3rd. Um, do yeah. You, do you happen to know what day of the week that is? Is that like on a week? I believe it's a, I believe it's a Tuesday. A Tuesday. Okay. Yes. So October 3rd. Tuesday, and that will be good, and you'll have different activities going on, and you talked about red flags, so uh, we're talking about red flags, and April, I think you mentioned one, but if you might remind again to our listeners, what was like one of the key red flags that you noticed with your mother, and, and when you noticed it, how long had she already been communicating with her scammer? It was very early on, weeks. She was giddy like a teenager. I've never seen her so happy, laughing and wanting to have fun, planning trips all over the world, planning to buy a new house. Uh, And she also lied constantly. Unfortunately, it's not a very nice thing to say about your mother, but that's what these victims do when they're trying to hold on to that scam. The biggest red flag, of course, is when they ask for money early on. But oh, that, that red flag is often ignored. So not only did she lose all of her money, 
but then she was asking you for money as well? Oh, yeah. I uh, I started a podcast when this first began because there wasn't a lot of information online, and I actually interviewed her for the podcast. I had oh. to pay her. She told me she needed money for a doctor's appointment. I knew she was lying to me. I said, I'll tell you what, I'll give you money if you give me an interview for the podcast, and she agreed. So after she died, I went back and looked at her phone to see where that money went. It did not go to the doctor. It went straight to her scammer. Oh, my. And and that was even after you talked with her about this mm-hmm. type of situation. Uh, well, that's... Yeah. Th- these scammers, I mean, that's just so low. It's so horrible. Um, Kathy, I think you had some other situations, too, didn't you, that you were directly involved with? You mean as... Um how I how like I got started in this, or you mean through Are other the victims? Peop- yeah, the people because you've helped a lot of victims. Uh, yeah. Um, oh yeah, you hear you hear stories all the time. Um, one specific one was a lady who um, was a nurse, married, young kids, um, and she was in in a relationship with actually somebody who um, he's my co-founder of Advocating Against Romance Scammers, and um, she thought they were going to spend the rest of their life together. From what I understand, this was a bad marriage. So this was her way out of getting out of a bad marriage. And once she found out that um, she had been talking to a scammer, um, she took her own life. And um, it was actually the doctor that she used to work with that reached out to us. And um, because she kind of wanted to understand what was going on and how this happened to one of her nurses. And um, so it, um, the the way the manipulation works, um, is it's it's mind blowing that people can get so deeply involved um, in something such as this. And when people are on the outside, you know, you can see it clearly. And um, but it's just the the manipulation is is, is just um, debilitating to many of the victims I mean, and like I said it takes years I, it can take years of psychology you know be, seeing a psychologist to uh, to get back to trusting people again I interviewed a woman she's a former US spy she fell victim and she oh lost a million dollars so if <gasps> someone like that can be duped by these scammers anybody can yes and like you said with AI yeah. It's making it so easy. Mm-hmm. I mentioned one of my business friends. He was on a trip, and he got a frantic call from his wife. He said it sounded exactly mm. like her. But then, you know, he was ready to actually... It, it sounded exactly like her, he said. And he was ready to, to wire a bunch of money uh, for her situation, she described. But then after he, you know... He got he suddenly then he was like, wait a second, you know I bet I'm gonna call her just to make sure because of course you can spoof phone numbers so it was even her phone number on his his phone, um so he called her and she was like, no I'm just here you know cooking some stuff in the kitchen <laughs> so uh yeah AI can be so horrible I mean. That happens a lot with the kidnapping scams, too. They use that exact same tactic. And when you're a parent and you hear your child saying, 
Mommy, come get me. The kidnappers have me. Of course you're going to run to the bank. I mean, you don't have time to stop. Mm-hmm. And, well, let me think about this for a minute. Is my child really in danger? It's just the parent jumps into action. What? Take my money. Yes. And do you tell, do you um, advise folks then to like not make, because everybody wants to share videos online and even, you know, on TikTok, everybody wants followers, but yet all those videos are training the AI. They're giving all these scammers all this information that they can use to turn around and, and use it against them. I mean, what do you what do you advise to people to, to prevent themselves from being, you know, victims? It's not just victims that the target that, you know, they're trying to target them to scam them, but it's also people using their images. Right. Yeah. Just like probably um, best with Brian. Yeah. So that's, and they've done that with Brian and Brian, um, he actually doesn't like to do a lot of uh, video interviews because the scammers have used them. Um, I've had a scammer approached me with Brian's video that he uses to scam women. Um, they've slowed it down. They've taken the volume out of it. And and then they, you know, they'll show it saying, like the same thing April said is, you know, there's like technical difficulties. I'm so sorry. And the video would only be a, a few seconds long, but it, it, it's just long enough for the victim to believe somebody is on the other end. And that is the person that's on the other end of the computer. So um, you have to, Putting out videos out there now, I mean, you know, with AI coming up, um, they're making people now. Um, They're Mm -hmm. not even going to need real videos anymore. And, you know, that petrifies me for the victims because with the with the scams now, um, a lot of them can get a lot of the victims can get some closure because they find out who the real person is, that they have a life of their own and they understand, okay, this is a scam and they can get the, the help and move on. But with AI and and making people who aren't real, when these victims realize that it's not only a fake story, nothing, you know, they're they're not going to end up together. But now they're talking; they're not even talking to a real person. And how, you know, and, and they already think that they're dumb and stupid, which is so wrong um, of them to think because they're the victim. And through the gaslighting and everything, through um, the scams, you know, they they truly believe that. You know, they were the ones that, you know, they were so dumb that they fell for this. And so to think that they've been talking to somebody that's not even real at all, um, that scares me. It scares me a lot, especially for a lot of the healing um, that they're going to need to to get moving forward. So, um, you know, it, it scares me. Don't. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I always say never share videos, never share photos, um, you know, because they do they do take that. They do blackmail you. Um, but you know, what, what is there today? Everybody can get a video now. Now they're going to start creating with AI. And so it's just, you can't stop it. Yeah. Do you ever advise, like, you know, I mentioned in the intro, I always check those images using some sort of search. I use Google's image search a Mm -hmm. lot, but there's others. So I mean, is that something that you advise folks who maybe are online a lot to check their own oh, online presence? Yes. Absolutely. So if I have victims that come to me and they want to know, you know, is this a real person or not? 
not every time will I recognize the picture because there's thousands that they use of um, identity theft victims. So I will, I will direct them to Google Imaging um, to put in there or to tini.com. Um, that's another one. Um, and they can reverse the image and see if that image has been used elsewhere or maybe who that picture truly belongs to. Well, and they can use it for their own images too, right? To see, oh, if mm -hmm. to see if there's been, oh yeah, absolutely. If there's are being used elsewhere and sure. So what, what should you do if you find out your image is being used by scammers? Um, well, you can report to the site that it's on um, as a like copyright infringement because that's a photo that belongs to you. Um, unfortunately, right now, um, if a scammer posts your picture online, the, the, the platforms are not responsible for it, for anything that a third party posts. And that's because there's a law in place here in the United States called um, Section 230 of the Communication Decency Act. Um, and that protects platforms for being responsible for that. However, um, there is a loophole with the copyright. So uh, I would strongly advise to report that. And um, I mean, you can even go down the legal way too if you want it for copyright infringement. Um, but getting the person who's using it is usually out of the country. And um, so it's very hard to, to prosecute for something like that. And it's sad too that the sites, I mean, if you're if you are the person and you're actually saying, please, someone's using my image, my voice, my video, but and they're claiming to be me, it just seems like they need better uh, procedures or, or need to take more action instead of, you know, what I've heard, and maybe you, both of you have heard this, they say, oh, well, it's a freedom of speech thing to mm -hmm. be able to do that. But it's like, how's it freedom of speech to to pretend to be someone else. I mean, that's a type of identity fraud. Right. And it's, it's against their community standards on these platforms is, you know, you have one account that's only your account. Um, we have reported thousands of accounts um, through oh. one particular site. Well, one mm -hmm. particular organ or a company. And um, uh -huh. we always get back. It's within their community standards. Now, Brian will report his own photos and, the fake accounts that have his photos and they still find them within community standards. So how do you, how do you fight that when you're the actual person who's turning in a photo of yourself, you know, it's, and, and you're not getting any kind of um, positive response back. Um, it can be, it can be heartbreaking to these, all these identity theft victims. And a lot of them have gotten off uh, social media because of it, uh, because they get no help. So it's really unfortunate to see. Started. They're bombarded mm -hmm. with desperate victims wanting to track them down. And I've interviewed some of those people, including Brian. And at first, people say, oh, how cool. You've got all these women saying that they're in love with you. And it's like, no, 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 no. This is more like a stalking type of situation. This is not fun for these men and women whose pictures are used at all. Well, I mean, is this something has your, have either of you or your organizations like spoken to any lawmakers? Because it seems like, you know, the lawmakers are always talking about wanting to uh, pass some sort of privacy and, and online uh, laws. And this seems like this would be a very clear cut law to have about 
protecting your own identity and and having mm-hmm. some way to do it without having the sites to claim that it's within their their site rules. Right. Yeah. And we have. Um, we just were there in March, um, oh. and we had four different meetings. Um, David Valadeo is out of California, and um, they're looking into something like this with the identity theft and the scams. Um, they were planning on writing up something um, separate separate from the Communication Decency Act. Uh, so we're looking forward to hearing about more about that and what they're doing. But there's definitely uh, work going on on the Hill about all the cybersecurity. And I think um, with the pig butchering and how much money left, um, it, it's really gotten the attention. And hopefully we're going to start seeing some changes with the laws and some more security. And, you know, it's just, it's too bad that um, technology moves a lot faster um, than our government does. So uh, hopefully they can make something, make a bill out there that um, that can keep up with the times for a little while and, and keep people safe and keep these pla- platforms um, responsible in, in some way. Because, you know, biggest- like I said, many of these scammers are out of the country. So one of the biggest problems is. Uh, people that when I tell people my mom was a victim of a romance scam, they don't know what I'm talking about. So groups like mm-hmm. ours is so important, but we still need to get lawmakers' attention by getting the word out like this podcast so people know what we're talking about so the constituents can go to their lawmakers and demand that something is done. Yes, because I know here in Iowa, I've heard, I mean, the topics I hear some of the lawmakers talking about making laws for i'm thinking why are they doing laws like this when there's there's issues like we're talking about like you said a lot of people have have actually committed suicide because of of the impact of this on their lives and basically losing everything it just seems like it's such a would be something that's so logical to do, but yet nobody's doing anything. I'm so glad that the two of you are, you know, working on this and the, and your groups that you're working with, because it, I think like, you know, we've been saying with artificial intelligence, these, these are going to become much more widespread, right? Especially when the crooks know that they can get away with it. Oh, absolutely. And it's unfortunately romance scams. It's such a a hush hush crime because of all the stigmas out there of, you know, um, whoever falls for this is dumb, is stupid. Well, nobody wants to come forward and admit that they were scammed if they're immediately going to be looked at like they're dumb and, you know, they're, they're ashamed, they're embarrassed. And so when you don't report, nobody knows there's a problem. So it's so important to report the scam. And I know that, um, you know, you can go through IC3, you can go through um, the Federal Trade Commission, they share the information with the IC3. Um, there are several other um, organizations out there that you, where you can also report through that will go to IC3 if you feel more comfortable that way. Um, that's on our resource page on Advocating uh, for You site. And so it's just, I really feel like it, it just hasn't um, gotten bigger because people don't realize the, how how big the problem is, and with especially with these people with uh, committing suicide, uh, a lot of them never said why or you know how it started and why they were in the position that they were. So we we don't have any numbers. Nobody truly knows 
how many people have taken their lives because of the romance scams. Right. That's a good point. Uh, you know, we're already at the end of our hour, but maybe each of you can give one or two sentences to, you know, tell our listeners what a key point is that you want them to take away, if nothing else, what you want them to do after this show's over today. Um, I just, I want people to know that they're not alone. There's people out there that understand and will support them. Um, they're always welcome to reach out to our organization. Um, but the, the main thing about this day two coming up is that we need to squash these stigmas. And once these people realize that this is a crime of psychological and emotional manipulation, I think people would better understand how, um, how many victims there are out there and, and hopefully be able to get more help to our victim. And I would say if you have elderly family members, be proactive. Talk to them now about romance scams and what happens online. You could save yourself a whole lot of hurt and headache and financial ruin down the line. Also, if you have a family member that is already a victim of the scam, the most important thing you could do is bring the family together, all get on the same front, one unity, one front, and come together and don't give up. Excellent, excellent takeaways. Thank you so much, Kathy and April, for being my guests today. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Today I've been discussing romance scammers with two experts for these types of crimes, Kathy Waters and April Helm. I hope you found the information interesting and useful. Did you take actions from the information provided on this show? Please let us know. Do you have additional questions you'd like to hear me or perhaps a guest to my show answered on this or on other topics, security or privacy? Send them in. I love getting your questions. I may cover them in an upcoming episode or uh, elsewhere, maybe in one of my books. You can contact me using Rebecca Harold at RebeccaHerald.com. And, of course, you can listen to all my shows online the recordings of them at any time, and also uh, some of them are out on YouTube channel as well under Privacy Professor. Until our next show, be cybersecurity savvy and privacy aware in the month ahead. And on a October 3rd, look for that event and go to the website. It'll be in the show information. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in this week. Data security and privacy with the Privacy Professor can be heard live the first Saturday of each month at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until next time, stay safe.